0: We are and always will be a nation of immigrants. This is my country, my damn country. Give me my country. You can keep the rest.
1: Old men and women yearning for freedom and opportunity who leave their homelands and come to a new country to start their lives over. We were strangers once too. My country, my damn country. Give me my country. Hello, 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 aliens and allies. Your friendly Russian is here. This is With the Aliens podcast, and I'm your host, Sasha Kapustina. Thank you for tuning in. This week on the podcast, Charlie Antillon. Charlie is a salsa and bachata DJ, one of the best in Los Angeles. Salsa people know him. Salsa people love him. And I've been wanting to chat with Charlie for a long time. Charlie has a very special place in my life and lives of Hundreds of people, salseros and salseras, who come to his parties two, three times a week, every week for years. And I remember the very first time I came to Charlie's party. It was a shaky period in my life. And it was just the beginning of it. And I didn't even know what was coming, but I could feel something was coming. Things were falling apart around me and inside me. And I didn't want to be around anyone, and I couldn't stand being alone. I just wanted out of myself, and meditation wasn't doing the trick. So on a Monday night, I ended up at a club in Santa Monica, West End, and it's Charlie's night, Saturday so night, and there's an intro class before social dancing, so... For those of you who are like me, who have always wanted to try salsa but don't know how to start, this is how you start. You take an intro class before social dancing at a club. And Charlie taught a few basic steps. one, two, three, five, six, seven, one, two, three, five, six, seven. And then there's social dancing. And so I'm standing there in the corner trying to blend into the wall watching people dance. But eventually someone dragged me out of that corner and showed me that It wasn't as impossible and intimidating as it seemed. And to this day, I'm grateful to this guy because I would have left and I probably wouldn't have come back. And this is what I love most about Salsa scene. It's this feeling of community. Salsa familia. It doesn't matter how old you are, what skill level, where you're from or what you do for a living. You come here, you take in the music and dance, and the music and dance takes you in. And of course, there's the dark side of salsa scene with creepy guys and mean girls and jealousy and whatnot. And yeah, you could look at that bunch and say, oh my God, what a jungle. But this is not what I saw. To me, salsa became my church. And now that I know Charlie's story, which you're about to hear in a minute, it makes even more sense. And don't take it the wrong way, please. I don't mean to diminish the importance of church, the real church for those of you who are believers. But I grew up without religion, and all I have is my faith in people. And in the time when my faith in humanity was challenged, Dancing became an opportunity to connect with a community in a very basic, simple way. You come to the same place at the same time. You see the same people. And when you step onto the dance floor, you're in the moment with this other person. And you create together. And you're there for each other. And you listen to each other. And you support each other. And it's very simple, but it's very human, and it's such a great way to celebrate life. I don't know, guys. I don't know if it's a bit much for an intro, for a podcast. I guess what I'm trying to get at is how grateful I am to Salsa and to this community and to Charlie for playing the music and making it, making it a celebration. It pulled me through. It pulled me through. All right, a bit much. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> your friendly Russian, as every Russian, comes with a pre-installed Dostoevsky. Can you tell I miss dancing? Well, this was my little ode to salsa, and now, on to my conversation with the leader of our warehouse, Senator Jones, Chinaland, West End, Grammar Gramercy congregation, DJ Charlie. I usually start with everybody with the same question. How long have you been in the States, and where did you come here from?
0: Um, well, I, uh, I am from Guatemala, from guatemala city which is the nordest country in central america you know we, we have border with mexico in the north and uh, el salvador and honduras in the south and we have uh we have beach on atlantic and and pacific although it's a very very small country uh, i came here to uh, california in 1995 permanently i visit i visited california before and i and I visited um, Texas and uh, Colorado and New York and other states in the north before just visiting. But I came to live in California on um, 1995.
1: And what was your life like back home at that time?
0: Oh, well, um, very differently, occupationally, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my bachelor degree has, uh, has credits for uh, being a teacher. Um, so I, I worked for a uh, private college in Guatemala and a private Christian college in Guatemala. And, uh, I was, I was a math biology and Spanish teacher. I started teaching there as a PE teacher, you know, and little by little, I ended up being the assistant principal for, um, the high school part of the, uh, private, um, school.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, uh, I did that for about four years. And I was very young. I was very young. And uh and I was very blessed also to have that opportunity. And but my passion was always music since I was a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh so I was working two full time jobs. I had school and I and I was working for a church that, uh, uh a Christian church in my country and I was uh, part of the music ministry and um so yeah, so I'm a musician and I had uh, and I'm I'm also a music teacher, or I was back then, and yeah. um and that 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 was my life there. And I was pretty content. You know, I was happy, very happy of what what I was doing because I love working with kids and I love doing music. So mm-hmm. yeah, my life wasn't near any near perfect, but I was very happy doing what I was doing, yeah,
1: right. And what was your yeah. idea of America at that time?
0: well, my my idea of America hasn't changed. You know, I when I say America, I think of the whole continent, you know right. yeah, yes. oh, you know, from Alaska all the way. To patagonia but and 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 i've been blessed to know many places in the whole american continent but um because of my previous job i i, I used to travel a lot um but uh, talking about the u.s a lot of my my family especially my cousins and uncles were very um eager to come here right to get the life and get the opportunity of uh to come to the land of opportunity but uh, it was never my dream. I was, mm-hmm. I, um, like I said, you know, I, I was far from like set. It was not like I had all this money and I didn't own a vehicle. I used to take, uh, an hour and uh, bu- uh, the bus for an hour and a half just to get to work, you know? So in a very precarious situation, the, the bus sit, the, the, you know, the, the public transportation in my country is to this day, very, uh, dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. So probably even more so than when I was a kid, but um, uh, but, you know, but I was, I was happy doing what I do and I, and I, in my, and my life had a sense of purpose and, you know, working mm-hmm. with kids and also working in the music department of the church. So I was fine. Um, I, I didn't dream of coming here and then, uh, um, but I had an invitation mm. from, uh, I, I worked for a very large, um, church organization mm-hmm. that had branches in all over Latin America and Spain. Um. Mm. So uh, the second largest congregation of our church um, was uh, here in L.A. Uh-huh. So I got an invitation from the pastor here in L.A. He was traveling with the whole music band to Guatemala to play in a concert. So we, we were making this huge concert and the biggest cover venue for arts in Guatemala, which is the National Theater. And the band, um, the, the band of my church was going to alternate with the band of L.A., you know, in in this big music festival, you know. So, and I was supposed to play with, uh, I was supposed to play with with my band, you know, from Mm -hmm. from Guatemala. But I was deployed as a missionary in another little town. And then when I came back, I didn't make it in time for... I didn't make it in time for the rehearsals. Basically, I lost my opportunity. And that's to make a very long dramatic story really short.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. So, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I was
0: heartbroken. It was bad. It was bad. So <laughs> it was bad. You know, you try to do the right thing and you always get yourself in trouble. That's the story of my life. You know? Oh man. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, um, you, you think you're going to receive you with, you know, with some sort of congratulations because you come from a, a, from, you know, a, a missionary trip. And then the, the first thing they say to you, oh, sorry, you didn't make it to rehearsal You know, you were not here on time and you got in trouble. And that's so anyway. So the guy, the funny thing is the guy that I was teaching to play is the guy that took my spot and then I was free. So when the uh, so when the, the pastor and this is a funny story, because for, for when the pastor from L.A. came, and the uh, first thing he said is, uh, we, "We we made a friendship because he used to travel a lot to Guatemala, and we became friends because we both love soccer. So we used to play soccer together. That was the link. That was the first link. So he was the first thing you know. He saw me. He came to church he's like, "Hey, Flaco," you know. I was very skinny still, and that's that was my nickname. So, "Hey, Flaco, we're gonna go play soccer. You know, you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor, let me know when you know we'll go. And also, man, we're gonna play together in the concert, right? And I was like, you know what." I, I'm not playing anymore. He's like, what? What? You're not playing? Are you kidding me? You have to play. And, and then he stopped for a second, you know, and you, you can see, you can almost hear, you know, the engines on his brain moving. And then he said, if you're not going to play with them, why don't you play with me? Because I don't have a percussionist. That was my instrument back then. I used, I used to play congas. You can see here in my yeah. background, I have my, you know, that's a mini conga. That's for my baby. But I have real size congas here behind Mm -hmm. me so Mm -hmm. um i was playing congas and timbales and you know latin percussion so my eyes lit up i mean my whole body lit up when he gave me the the, he offer for me to play you know so i said hey you know if you if you figure it out with my boss and he said okay you know you have the connections i cannot ask because i'm supposedly not playing but i'm sure you can fix it you know you know, I, I'm sure it's not the same when the when the when, when the soldier asks for a favor and when the generals talk, right? So, yes. <laughs> so I said, "You fix it, I'm there." <laughs> so he did, and wow. I ended up playing with this band. So, um, I mean, there is a lot of nice details of the story, and I get emotional with it because it's part of my life. But for the sake of this interview, I will skip I will skip certain things. So just just uh, the concert went really good the concert was really good and then he invited me to go on a short tour to central and south america and we went for three months in a tour just because the concert was so good and then at the end of the at the end of the three-month tour he invited me he offered me a position to work full-time for the music ministry in los angeles and i just said yes and i and i that's how i moved and i came here in september of 1995. yeah
1: wow this is a crazy story it was worth it the, going on the missionary mission
0: and, and fail and yeah uh, yeah i mean like and be late <laughs> yeah exactly you know i mean like not not intentionally you know yeah. but uh yeah so yeah i was
1: you were uh, rewarded in the end it I, oh out. yes
0: big time big time yes big time
1: so and what was your idea as you were coming here what was your expectation of what was the plan Were you, you, you were coming to work for a little bit, or were you moving or what was the hope? What was the dream? What was the plan? Uh,
0: well, I, like I said, since I was, I didn't ever had a, a dream of coming here. Right. I, it, it was just like, Oh, cool. You know, I mean, like <laughs> what, I mean, like the excitement was because I was going to come to do the same thing I was doing in Guatemala, but, mm. but in, in my country, I was basically working for the private school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so i can generate some money so yeah. i can donate all this time to the church right i was working full time for the church without getting paid now right. when i was sent on trips the mm-hmm. church will cover my expenses right in a very very basic humble way you know yes. because that's the thing you know yeah they, they church they they, they they cover what you eat they, they pay for what you eat and they give you a bed or a sleeping bag, you know, <laughs> something. But, uh, but, but anyway, but I was happy doing it now here. This was going to be my job. So I was very excited because of, you know, now if yeah. that would have happened in my country, I would have been so happy too. But now I'm moving to. The big U.S. of A, you know, and with a yeah. job and I'm coming with a visa and I'm coming on a plane, it was just crazy, you know, yeah. it, my, my brain was exploding, you know, and <laughs> how old uh, were you? I was 24. Yeah. huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, I was 24. Coming my was, to in, LA, yeah, <laughs> like, in style. Yeah, it was just crazy, you know. And 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 uh, it, it all my 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 percussion set in my country. I own a very few small things, and most of my set. When I had to gather my set for big concerts, it was mostly borrowed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my I remember a very good friend of mine. My my parents were musicians too. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh you know so i have so, some of my musician friends were friends of my parents you know were older uh-huh. people you know so yeah. um and uh so i remember <laughs> my congas i used to borrow them from from one of our neighbors that used to play in a nightclub so mm-hmm. i had that was that was the only time i entered a nightclub before i um uh, i mean during the day you know because i I I never went to a nightclub. I mean, I never imagined me working in a nightclub like I do now, you know, just because I was so involved in what I was doing. I was just
1: like, it's just such a transition from. Oh, no, no. It's
0: a a totally different world. Yeah. People that knew me back then can't believe what I do now and vice versa, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) So I used to buy borrow the congas from my friend and I used to I had to pick him up at this nightclub and get him mm. and I was like so afraid to get into it, you know, like I, I I was feeling that that one of the people from church was gonna spot me and, and and think that I was doing something wrong, you know you know, anyway, were you very religious? Were you I wouldn't call it you know, I never call myself religious i have I have strong, deep faith in God because I have mm-hmm. seen I have seen my my little faith working big things and then my faith got a tiny little bigger and then I've seen bigger things and then Mm -hmm. you know faith is like a spiritual muscle you know yes you you give a little bit to it and then you start seeing things and then you believe oh okay well so I am not believing in in hoax or or stories and this is real you know and to me um God is real and 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 um, my faith is based on something that is real so um uh, so yes uh the the but the church that I grew up in is very was very strict you know so Mm -hmm. yes yes and i i i and i was a little bit of a revolutionary kind of guy because Uh i you know i always had my ideas and i had no problem expressing them and i was always in trouble but you know i can see that always in trouble but never (laughs) never i never never i I grew up in a system where you respect authority so i never defy authority even though i'm not even 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 when i'm not agreeing Mm-hmm. With the policy that 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 a rep- representative authority is trying to enforce, um, I don't defy authority because I grew up in a very strict system. Yes. Hmm.
1: So, so as a 24-year-old uh, guy coming to Los Angeles from Guatemala, who was kind of shying away from clubs. Totally. What was what was your expectation of life here? What was your thought like? What was your
0: what did you think it was going to well, be? Well, uh, not much. I mean, like in, in my, I, I I thought I was going to come here and, you know, and work Tuesday to Sunday, because that's pretty much when you work for a church, that ju- that's your schedule. You know, the hardest part, mm-hmm. uh, the harder you work is it's on the weekends. So usually Monday is yeah. our day off. <laughs> so, you know, you, you work from Tuesday. Same as DJs yeah, probably. No, no <laughs> actually not my strongest <laughs> night when I started as a DJ was a Monday. That's why I still love Mondays. You, you didn't see much of West End.
1: I didn't No. no.
0: So unfortunately, you know, but Monday traditionally was my strongest night. My first steady Hmm. gig as a, as a DJ doing my own thing, like calling it my club, you know, Mm wasn't a Monday. It wasn't, um, yeah. And it wasn't the old, old business section of Santa Monica. Like when, when you take Maine and you go towards Venice, Mm-hmm. And uh, still in Santa Monica, like you pass, oh, you're pass, you going towards Venice and you pass uh, Ocean, there is a section of restaurants and bars there. There's, there's like eight yeah. restaurants and bars there in a block. Well, my little place was the second to last. Mm-hmm. And it was called the Moor Bar. And it was very, very, very small, hole on the wall, concrete floors, smelly bathrooms. <laughs> but we had... <laughs> But we had a very, very powerful combination. You know, we, we we I mean, like the blocks were just putting themselves together. And it was amazing. That Monday was amazing. We we, we I, I was DJ that was starting. We had a promoter that it was starting. We had a teacher that it was starting, but everybody in their own right developed to be a very good in what we did uh, at the end. You know, uh, the the, the mm. promoter back then was the same my same partner for 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 all these years, you know, Fernando, where we in the salsa world, people knows him at Doc Roomba and we've done we've done some of the biggest free festivals. Doctor Roomba and I we put together for some of the biggest salsa free festivals that city of LA has seen. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, and and then the teacher there was Cristian Oviedo, you know, which now it is mm. a third thirteen. 13- time world salsa champion and uh wow. yes and and our i mean the whole crew was just amazing we had this amazing bartender um <laughs> that it was like pulled out of uh uh straight out of a, a, a movie and a, one of those bartender vegas you know with tricks with the glasses and serving drinks and, mm-hmm. and 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 rolling the beer on the counter and we'll stop in front of you you know kind of a thing so it was a very it was a very special place and if you talk to the old the, the dancers have been, they don't necessarily have to be old because we're talking about something that happened 15 years ago. So yeah. <clears throat> I my crowd in that place was very young. So right now these people is under 40. But if you talk mm-hmm. to those people that have been in Salsa and the West Side for that long, they they remember the Morvar very strongly because it was a very charismatic place. Anyway.
1: <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. I love it. So
0: yeah. So um, um, I don't know how did we end up there, but you say my expectation of living here the same. It was my yeah. expectation that was the same as um, uh, as as over there, you know, and in, in my country. I, I I thought that I was going to live with a family because that's usually what happened to missionaries, you know. And I thought that I was going to be working hard and uh, in the church and doing music and doing what we love. And 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 it was pretty much that. In the beginning. Yeah, Uh it was pretty much that in the beginning. (laughs) And then life happened. Yeah. Well, and then uh, the guitar player of the church band was in love with salsa and I invited and I was barely starting to get into the music part of salsa because I Mm -hmm. moved from playing drums to play Latin percussion, you know, to play congas. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to, to, to salsa artists just to learn the rhythms and to learn the mm-hmm. the flavor of the, the, of the percussion instruments, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, very cautiously because it wasn't like necessarily accepted by my church, you know, that like right. listening to secular music and stuff like that. But I was, you know, mm. I was, like I said, you know, I, 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 I was revolutionary, but I also was very respectful and I, and I did it very privately and, but this guy loves right. salsa and uh, definitely the church here in LA was a little more, relaxed that in Guatemala. So Mm -hmm. this guy invited me to a salsa concert. I don't know if in Mm. your salsa years, have you heard of Jose Alberto El Canario? It's a a famous, No. it's a famous. um, I'll look him up. Oh, yeah, but he has a lot of songs. I I don't know. Am I allowed to play music here for you? No, maybe not. I you'll just send me a song and, and I'll. You in, get into there, it. there. You go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I play a lot of El Canario songs. You've you've heard them in the mm. clubs. You know. I'm sure like, I have. Like uh, yeah. lo que quiero es salsa, you know. And uh, so anyway, we went to this almost private concert because it wasn't a very small club. So mm-hmm. when I when I walked in, you know, I remember walking in this back in 1995. You could not enter a salsa club if you didn't have a coat, a jacket, a men's jacket. Mm-hmm. You need a formal coat. None. You didn't mm-hmm. need like the whole tie and shirt, and, but you need a coat and yeah. you need to look presentable. No, 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 no yeah. jeans and no tennis shoes yeah. and no caps. And it was that they, they had any work because everybody looked so nice inside. Because and they have to impose it on the guys because you know the girls always look great, you know. And the girls were like. <laughs> All dressed up right so they were just the yeah. the code was mostly for the guys you know trying to keep even the looks yeah. you know upscale and it was, yeah. it was nice walking into a salsa club you know so
1: yeah
0: i walked in this small club was packed um uh the name of the club was Rodolfo's. they disappeared and uh it was on a monday too you know mm. it wasn't a monday too and uh so the stage was all the way to the to to, you know in a very little corner way at the end of the place and we had a spot in front of the stage so when the guy started playing i was right there and then you know everybody was like clapping and like screaming hands up there was you know there was a no like yeah, yeah, there was yeah, yeah there was no cell phone so there was no <laughs> you know there were no, oh. no no i'm not saying no cell phone there was no smartphone so you know it wasn't like yeah. taking videos and we were there yeah. to enjoy the moment instead of recording and try yeah. to tell people that we enjoy the moment later you know it was yeah anyway different uh, the totally different vibe but <clears throat> um by the second song everybody just stopped clapping and went dancing and you know i was left in the front i was left in the front <laughs> enjoying the band my friend even told me, Hey man, I'm going to dance. I'm going to go dancing. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And I'm like, then I'm by myself. And there is this beautiful, very well-dressed lady, very close to me. Also in front of the stage. And when I I was looking around because I noticed everybody was leaning. So I'm like, Oh my chicken, what what should, what should I do? You know, do I stay here by myself? What do I do? Uh, Do I hide? Do I go to the bar? So, so when I was looking around and I and I and I look, there was this lady next to me. We made eye contact and she smiled at me. I froze. completely. First, completely, the only time in your life you ever froze. No, 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 no. You know, my my parentheses, you know, try to make this short. My my stage person, don't confuse my stage personality with, you know, with who I am, because yeah. I'm very comfortable with the stage always been since I was a kid in school. And yeah. then, you know, playing for the church just made it, you know, just just made it Your space. made it bigger. But uh, but and I'm very comfortable with the stage, you know, yeah. um, I mean, playing for 200 people in salsa, it, it's a big deal. But uh, playing in a concert for a church with a stadium with 30,000 people is it's 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 a bigger deal. Yeah, it's a bigger. Yeah, yeah it's a bigger deal. <laughs> and 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 I was comfortable there, you know, and I was much younger. Mm. But here, one on one. I am not the kind, believe it or not, I have never. I do. I have never walked into, first of all, I don't go to bars. I do, I only go salsa dancing, but, you know, I don't go drinking. I don't go to happy hours. I don't go to that. And if I ever do, it's dragged by my friends, you know, but uh, i never yeah. been to to a club by myself and, like, go and talk to a complete stranger and say, hey, can I buy you a drink? Never done that in my life. Never.
1: No, no never, way. Ever.
0: I don't even know if I can do pull it, just like, hey hey you know hey baby you look you look like i can buy you a drink i I never done that never so one-on-one um i grew up very very shy i was always very intimidated to talk to the girls when i was very young so when this girl saw me you know it was like a flashback to my childhood and i froze and and i smiled back but then i shy away (laughs) with my eyes and i look back to the stage now i know that she was opening herself for dancing right she was like saying i'm here and i'm smiling are you going to ask me to dance she probably to this day i still you know feel bad about the moment because i think she thought that i was a jerk because i had the i had the looks you know i look like a dancer yeah. you know i had the looks yes. I'm, 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 you know, sure, I'm i'm sure i'm, I'm well dressed and i'm all the way in the front i mean i look like i'm i'm in the spot and i know what i'm doing so me Turning my eyes on her, it totally now I know that she probably wanted to dance, and, and and uh, you know. And when I say the look of a dancer, I talk of my physique, you know. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm not not implying at all that she was mesmerized by my looks because that's definitely not the <laughs> case, right? So um, she wanted oh. to dance, I think, and 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 she probably took it wrong that I, hmm. you know, that I didn't you didn't <laughs> he thought that was a jerk I'm, I'm sure you know but but when the song was was over my friend finally came and i dragged him to the bar and i said bro don't leave me alone here <laughs> don't leave me alone yeah. here you know this place is dangerous people look at you i don't know what to do this girl was smiling i mean it's like oh he wanted she wanted to dance and i'm like yeah but remember i don't i don't know how to dance you know mm. so and then it's, and then he said oh that's okay they offer lessons in this place every monday so that was it. I told myself that I was gonna learn how to salsa dance, and I was not gonna, you know, and I was not gonna be like <clears throat> rude to another lady ever in my life, you know. Stuff. Look away. So I used to come every every Monday there. The DJ was super DJ Robbie, which now is a good friend of mine, and, and I still admire him just like back then. He's one of the most amazing DJs we have in LA and, and in the whole world. And, um I had the uh, honor to have him in in, in my and you know in my broadcast live on Facebook a couple of times mm-hmm. and it was just nice to share time with him anyway and my, one of my favorite bands in la used to play there you know conjunto Costa azul and my teacher the one that that taught me my basics uh the one and only Laura canelius she she still teaches on the west side you know has a, a, a mm-hmm. studio there on the west side she's amazing and I used to go there and believe it or not it took me about six months to Be comfortable with my basics it was very hard for me because i never danced anything with a count ever in my life before
1: it's hard it's hard
0: so it took me a long. and it's harder for guys it it took me a long time it took me a long time yeah
1: but you were committed but
0: yeah oh yeah oh yeah i was there every monday it was my day off it was perfect i was there always early you know i think that's the only thing i've been early in the salsa world (laughs) because i'm always late and i'm famous for it too you know, I'm not proud of it though, but uh, just it is. I'm there with it. It is what it is. Uh, yes. Yeah.
1: So, so salsa happened, and then what happened with the with your with church
0: work? Well, you know, um, yes. Well, salsa happened, and it was just like the thing I did on Mondays, right? The thing mm-hmm. I did on Mondays, and uh, I when I said that I was a revolutionary thinker in my church um i also mentioned that i was respectful you know so but mm-hmm. but i i let people know all my thoughts but i never imposed my thoughts on anybody i, I was not the yeah. kind of people to say oh dancing it's okay so you have to dance because i dance." no i mean i was just saying hey i think yeah. dancing is fine so i'm just gonna go dancing i never hide you know i never mm-hmm. hide from and the pastor used to joke about it because he used to say charlie man Man, you're lucky. People love you so much in this church. They know you go salsa dancing, and nobody says anything about anything bad about you. And then on Sunday, you're here leading worship, and everybody's fine with it. If I do it, they will kill me. And I said, like, hey, you never know. You should try. <laughs> I used to tell them that. So anyway, so yes, salsa happened. Um, uh, the church uh, that hired me here, and the, the you know that I came here um after after two years it couldn't keep me full-time anymore um and they uh because uh the the church had some financial problems and they couldn't you know they couldn't keep the the whole ministry of the music ministry full-time anymore so the pastor talked to me and said like charlie you know we brought you you know if you want to go back to your country i can buy you a ticket and you know and send you send you off in a nice way and and i said well pastor you know uh I, you know, I, 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 this were exactly my words and I'm, I don't tell this story very often, but it's just, I just remember, I said, I don't think the purpose that I came to us, it's fulfilled. I told him that mm-hmm. I was 26 and I said, I would like to stay if that's okay with you. And I, and I, and he was very surprised and I add to it mm-hmm. and don't worry about the money I I when you met me I didn't work for the church for money so if you're gonna pay me that's okay I'm sure I can find a job here in la and I still I will still support the church so I went back to do here to do here in LA what I did in my country I did find a church one of the one of the friends that I met in church they um they had a telecommunications uh, company which they mm-hmm. installed telephone systems and computer networks and wi-fi and all that stuff you know what's called low mm-hmm. voltage everything that has wires but it's not electricity you know so mm-hmm. uh, no i don't but i believe that <clears you. but> yeah <laughs> so yeah so i found a job and i was huh? i was still doing my job in the church you know i was still in charge of mm-hmm. i because everybody else left you know when there was no money uh yeah. I, I i ended up being in charge of the whole the whole ministry so mm-hmm. i i became in time, I became second to the pastor in that church. It was a very, very large mm-hmm. congregation, and I was just the the I was the worship pastor, and and I was just mm-hmm. his, I guess his, maybe not his right hand, but I'm sure I was his left hand. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, excuse me. And and yeah, and I did that for five more years. So I worked for that church for about seven years, and I was still going dancing, and but it was just that, you know. And what did you feel was that purpose when you said that? I didn't know. I just felt like, you know, that the reason why I came, I just felt like the reason why I came to the U.S., it was greater than two years working for the church and getting paid. And now there's no money and just go back to my country. You know, I I, I didn't yeah. feel like that was it. So yeah. so I, I So I offered my, you know, my help to the church. And of course they took it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. you know, so I, I helped that, the same pastor that brought me here, I helped him for five more years without, wow. without receiving one cent of compensation. And on top of that, I was, I, you know, I started learning the communications industry I mm. mean, uh, it was very good for me. It was very good. I worked in that yeah. industry for 15 years and it was very, very good.
1: And, and so at that point, like, was
0: there a plan? You know, yeah. I don't plan much. Um, Maybe that's bad. But I don't know. But uh, I, I, I don't know. We don't I'm there with judge it as so. a bad thing. I don't plan much. Um uh because sometimes we made a lot of set plans that don't happen. Yeah. It's just don't so <sighs> my analogy of me and life is more is is like a marathon runner. Mm-hmm. Um uh you know you have to start <laughs> or you know that life started and you know it's gonna end and you know it's long
1: <laughs> and
0: mm-hmm. uh and you plan for that you know you plan to finish strong uh mm-hmm. but but a marathon runner you know a short distance runner can be strong and bulky and like you know but 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 when when you're going for the long and i'm going for the long darling i mean I'm, i i wanna oh i i wanna die old you know so um so i keep myself light not just physically what i try to do quarantine is not mm-hmm. helping to keep me light because <laughs> i have gained in four months i've gained a lot of weight you know that i never did in this this much weight in my life you know i did i did gain some weight when i came to the us eventually with the years you know mm-hmm. but, but we all do but not in four months it's the but not, US. yeah but not in four months yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah. anyway um i keep my i keep myself light but that's not just not not for body, body but most importantly I keep myself alive in my soul and in my spirit, you know, I don't hold grudges Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't set my heart in plans just in case they don't happen. And I'm just ready to just keep going. You know, that's, that's, that's how I, that's how I see myself in life and how I see the opportunities in life is like surfing. You know, you prepare yourself with hopefully a good surfboard. And if you can afford it, you will have your wetsuit. That it should be nice. My wetsuit mm-hmm. is very, 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 very old, <laughs> but <laughs> but it works great. And yeah, I would love to buy one of those one super cool new ones to look super cool. But this one still works. So and right now there's yeah. no time mm-hmm. for no or money for it. So you know anyway. But uh, but talking about life, you know, I I you you you, you equip yourself the best you can for life. Yeah, and you're trying to be good at what you do but you cannot create waves Mm -hmm. a bigger power than you create the waves and that is what i think i try to be good at riding waves in life you know when i see an opportunity i just take it and try to make the best out of it for me and my family and the people around me and i try to spread the love and i try to always share and that's my number one thing and here in my house and my kids know that number one thing for me is respect and in, in sharing and um, mm-hmm. respect of life that is you know and uh, but um, but and, but I cannot create the waves so I the only thing I can do is just try to right. try to see it and try to write them you know for as long as I can Catch them. for as long as I can yeah. so yes you know that that analogy I use for what I did, you know, I, I, I work in church for as long as I could. I, it was, it was a long time. I served in church for a total of 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm basically, uh, I'm basically a veteran of that army. And, yeah. and then, um, yeah. And then I've been, uh, I've been in salsa since I came here, but, but as a DJ, um, since 2000 and the end of 2005, um, you know, it's when I, Like the middle, not the end, the middle of 2005 was when I was, you know, um, starting uh, with the DJ situation.
1: So tell me so when you came here, you left your life back in Guatemala and you left your family. How, what, what did they think about this whole situation?
0: Well, uh, they were never like the happiest (laughs) of me being a full time musician. You mm. know, that's in, in our countries, that's not well seen. Well,
1: tell me country where, where it is yeah, seen yeah, yeah, as yeah. a stable and, and, job, and like you know, a career. But
0: good thing I wasn't a dancer back then because that's even worse, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's bad. Oh, that's bad even here. So, <laughs> which is, you know, so then, oh, you're a dancer? Oh, you're a salsa dancer. Oh, man. You know, so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, my life has been full of critique a Mm -hmm. lot of it and i've and that's why i keep myself light you know i don't hold Mm -hmm. grudges and i i i I, against people and whatever people throw at me you know i see it i analyze it and i said okay well that's their opinion i put it down and i keep myself light i keep myself light so but hold on but your
1: parents you said they were musicians
0: well yeah well they met in music school my parents Mm -hmm. split when i before i turned two Uh and i didn't meet my father until i was 10 years old and uh, I didn't I mean you know I saw him as a baby but I don't remember and then I saw him a couple of times when I was 10 and then I saw him again when I was 18 um Mm. so he was not around but his jeans were and he Mm -hmm. you know I mean uh, he had some strong challenges you know Mm. with my mom and you know being a couple and you know and he was not around as a father but he was a he was a great guy you know I mean like I the stories I've heard of him you know it was a, a mm-hmm. somebody I have nothing against him, you know, although and, and I was and he was not around not physically or or, or emotionally or, or financially, but nothing mm-hmm. against him, you know, just uh, right. It was it's it's hard. It's hard to be it's hard to be a father, it's hard to be a husband, and some people just don't find that direction and, 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 and they don't have also a voice of, of of reason to tell them do this, do that and or we don't look yeah. for it and it's hard. So anyway, basically yeah. Uh, and then my mom, you know, my mom grad, and my, mom, my dad was a professional musician, you know, he had a PhD mm-hmm. in music, and uh, mm-hmm. my, my mom was, a, 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 she graduated from a, a music school music teacher, right, but she mm-hmm. didn't teach for very long, although I grew up mm-hmm. with a piano in my house, which was very, very lucky, and especially in my country, but mm-hmm. uh, that's where I used to play with it when I was a kid. Uh, my computer that you're seeing right now, my, my, the image you're seeing right now, is set on top mm-hmm. of my electric piano, you know, because I, mm. I play for the kids sometimes. Um,
1: that's nice. We didn't, a piano didn't fit in my apartment, in our apartment. <laughs> and so my parents said, you know what, why don't you learn guitar?
0: Oh, okay. So to play. that's guitar. what I
1: did. I play guitar.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, as a Russian, I probably expect of you to play piano, but the guitar is nice, too. I love guitar. Yeah.
1: Pro- well, in Israel, it's a joke. If uh, if a Russian immigrant comes off the plane with that without a violin, it means he's a pianist. <laughs>
0: there you go. So, that's... Yeah, so, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you're a guitarist. Yes. That's that's great. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: So, your mom, so still, even growing up in the family, that's the thing. Uh I ended up working in film. I come from a family of scientists and scientists, and I was supposed to be a lawyer. And so, to everybody, it was a big shock that I went into oh, yeah. the arts, and that was that was met with a lot of, you know, tension yeah. and and rejection. <laughs> But I would think that in a family of musicians and your mom was was studied music, yeah.
0: your path would be a little more accepted. Well, you know what, uh, I grew up in more contact with the family of my mom. And as you can mm. imagine, you know, my my father wasn't very well thought of because, right. you know, he was not around. So, yeah. yeah, so musicians were just bad rep. And then my mom did, oh. did graduate from from the school, but she worked in a, in a school for a year. And then she had to mm. you know stay home to be a full-time parent and then then so um she didn't she 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 didn't do much she you know um she didn't yeah. do much of, of the whole music thing so but um you know music is very altruistic thing you know <laughs> that's the way they see it in my country but there's no no money making so everybody was against it everybody was mm. against it so yeah but you pulled it out. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying, you know. So, but you know, my but my my knowledge of music during all these years. I play since elementary, and then I play in high school, and then I play in church, and then I play here, and then and then because of all the years I work in church in the music ministry, I learn sound. I I okay. I I mean I am. Um, I, I work as a sound engineer for more than a decade, you know, so I am mm-hmm. a live mix sound engineer and mm-hmm. I've, I've recorded, you know, things live. So I know I, I have very good understanding of that. And that paved my way for a DJ, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, like here in my house, I have a, in a, in a very corner with very humble stuff, but I have a mini studio that I used for my, and I know all the, uh, all the ways that you can connect to, you know, to make something simple, make make look good, you yeah, know, sound make it work. So, sound good, you know. And I, I, yeah. I, 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 humbly, I say that um, a few of my DJ friends have actually uh, called me to to mm-hmm. for technical support, uh, how to connect to do yeah. their live videos on on Facebook because they like my sound, you know, they like how my music sounds mm-hmm. on on my videos and. And, uh, and I'm happy to, you know, to, to share it, but it's, you know, so like I said, you don't create the waves, but if you, you just try to prepare yourself for it and then opportunities come and then you just write it the best you can.
1: Yeah. And so, and so what did your mom think about you coming to the States?
0: Well, her dream was always to come here. Mm. Um, silent dream. I didn't know, but she didn't, she didn't. And and because I was working for the church and she was very devoted to the church. I, she was not a big opposition. My grandma, I grew up with my mom and my grandma, my, and my sister, Mm -hmm. I have one younger sister. And, Mm -hmm. uh, my, my grandma was very sad because I was, you know, I had a steady job in my country that took me forever to find, you know, forever, you know, I mean, I graduated, Uh, um, And then I was, you know, like looking and looking and then finally I got this job and then, you know, I went from PE teacher to assistant principal and I was making very decent money in my country and for a teacher, which, you know, we're not, I was just making steady money. You know, I shouldn't say, well, good money, but steady money. And I was helping my family, supporting my family. As a matter of fact, my very first check that I earned in that place, you know, I brought it and I just put it on the table and I told my grandma, you know, this is for the house. This is for you guys. And just take it you know it's my first my very first check you know i don't i I don't want any of it you know i want you to have it you know so then i was always even when i came here you know i wasn't making a lot of money for with the church but i was always sending money to guatemala to my family until i was able to bring him here i brought my mom and my grandma my grandma didn't Mm -hmm. like it and she she only stayed for a few years and then my mom's still here you know Mm -hmm. and i still support it in the way i can Mm-hmm. but uh so there was mixed feelings in the family of me coming here but mm-hmm. but they were not against enough for me not to come so i, <laughs> <Right>. so, I <laughs> so i came yeah
1: so you stayed yep. and so after after all these years do you feel american
0: i always have because of what i tell Americanism. Is, uh, yeah. because i yeah, because yeah. i always I, I have always fought for that for that not fought but you know so, Maybe sustain my opinion, you know, hold yeah. my opinion of that America is a continent, you know, and that we should share the same values because, because we are one huge, big family and or we should be, you know, just, just like, uh, huh. you know,
1: that applies to the whole world. Well, yeah, That's exactly.
0: That applies to the whole world, but we are connected by land, you know, and, and by, and in the whole continent, we speak basically three languages, you know, mm-hmm. you know. So we, we we speak Spanish, English, and Portuguese, and I mean a little French here and there, but you know, but that's that's pretty much it. So, um, yeah. and in most of our Hispanic countries, like for example Guatemala, uh, to graduate from high school, you have to pass English the same way you pass math. So you know, um, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so, you know, so we're one big family. Yeah, the whole world. That's a good point. But I was just saying that mm-hmm. growing up, you know, I always say that you know we're all Americans, and I um i you know i'm a i'm a u.s citizen since mm-hmm. almost since i started djing uh-huh. you know that day it came it came almost at the same time one the next year i became a citizen in 2006 and uh and uh, thank god you know my country has a dual citizenship treaty mm-hmm. with the us so i i didn't lose so yes i feel I feel American. I feel very much watermelon too, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I put a lot of work into in into make my community good, you know. I don't. I, I by your community, you mean people around me. My my by my community, I mean the block where I live. Uh, I mean the restaurants where I eat. I mean the clubs where I work. I mean my salsa family. You know whether they lived around the corner and they go to the clubs I play on Sunday or they live in Orange County and they see me once a year for the bachata festival, you know, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, where, what I try to, I, I try to put positive energy into everything I touch to keep the circle of goodness in life, you know?
1: Yeah. I definitely feel it. Well, um, I think we talked one time briefly and you mentioned that salsa, Saved you,
0: and there was the music. music yes. I've always in 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 salsa music and the whole salsa scene in general. You know, it's been a mm-hmm. big part of it. But I always said that um that music has been my therapy. That's what I always so say. So
1: there I was think. like, what, was it a dark moment in in oh in many process? Oh many
0: many dark moments, darling. I mean, like look and and I believe that I I strongly believe that nature it is nature it is a a metaphor or an analogy of mm-hmm. of the spiritual world. What mm-hmm. we can see is set there, so we can learn what we cannot see. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Every, and everything. Everything that is that that we see is not. Sometimes it's not even real. Have you ever watched? Have Have you ever watched uh, Brain Games on Netflix? No, for people that is looking for stuff to watch, you know, and they go to okay, yeah, na- They go point. to Narcos and they go to, you know, I mean, I don't even know the yeah, new shows, you know, I don't even know the new shows, but I remember people watching. um What was that thing that everybody was watching? You know, the the show with the dragons and and like Game of Thrones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, G- <laughs> G- G- G-O-T and like yeah. I mean, like people <laughs> is looking for something to watch. Watch Brain Games, you know. Okay. It's a big, big, big eye opener to how your brain works. In in order. In order for you to feel safe, your your in. In order for you to feel safe, you have to feel in control. For you to feel in control, sometimes for for your brain to give you that feel that you're in control, sometimes your brain lies to you, mm. just for you to be comfortable. And that's the best way. I'm not a scientist and definitely not an expert yes. on the subject, but I'm trying to tell you the best of my abilities. You know for us to make sense of shapes sometimes we see them in different colors and they are not and that is the first the first episode of brain games they show a a a geometric object that looks like it's two different colors and it's the same color and just it's just a a visual um trick in our brains you know the same way we think that a movie is a we're seeing a continuous play and we're just looking at many many frames put together you know so the yeah. same way and, and to this day even in the digital world we still see a bunch of frames you know there's there still Excellent. no technology for for you know to f- film the whole thing you know so yeah. uh and our brain makes up for the rest it's not the technology i don't care how developed the technology is what makes it what for us makes it look like a bunch of frames is a movie it's our brain because yeah. we connect the dots yeah so unfortunately sometimes we connect dots that they're not there It, it, it's it, exactly it's our ability you know to like i said to survive but but we yeah. shouldn't trust everything we see because sometimes what we're seeing is not there it's just it's just a fixture of our imagination because we need it there to keep going yeah so going back to what i was saying is that uh, everything we see is not necessarily the real thing it's just it's just an example of what we need to observe for us to learn the spiritual world what i mean is mm-hmm every day of 24 hours depending on the season but roughly have 12 hours of light and 12 hours of darkness darkness in the darkness the darkness is necessary for different things like the light it is so in your life there are cycles there are dark cycles and light cycles in a bigger way you know just like the life has days and they have months and weeks and months and years, your life goes in cycles. There are short cycles like a day, and there are longer cycles, and there are longer cycles, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what I believe. So, and that's what I've seen in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, my life has gone through a lot of dark cycles. um, And uh, uh, some of things that, there are things that nobody knows, like especially everybody thinks that because I'm always smiling on the stage, my life is perfect, you know? and I make tons of money, that I make tons of money as a DJ, that's because you don't wait for me till I get out of the club, or you don't wait for me when I arrive and you see my car, you know? <laughs> and you, you don't see my old car. So people think, you know, that I, you know, just, um, they, they're positive about me making tons of money and like living the life. And that's why I'm always happy and no, no troubles at all. But that's not it, you know, uh, uh, what it is. It's-
1: well, you know, maybe you're assuming that too about the people, I always think how hard it is to do your job. Actually,
0: the job of an artist is Staying always It's always have It's always tough.
1: Yeah, and you work every day. Sometimes. And well, I don't know. I think you have what Monday. Monday is Gramercy. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, is Senator Jones. Wednesday, where are you? At? Oh, you're I'm in bogus, Ventura,
0: but only once once a month. You know, or twice. Oh, okay. but yeah, Wednesday is usually my day off and thursday okay and thursday is like thursday, seasonal because okay. sometimes i play in downtown at those clubs you know like um yeah you know those like once a month things so i'm there but yeah wednesday wednesday and thursday I are, are typically my nights off and then and then the warehouse and then, and then the
1: warehouse
0: yeah and then saturdays is usually like either studios or private parties or you know or lessons and then sunday is china land and yeah
1: yeah, yeah I work, that's a lot yeah. <laughs> I'm busy. I do think about it. I, and I know that you have family and I think about how, oh my God, with the kids, like, when do you even sleep ever?
0: Well, I take naps with easy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the way to go. So, so, so back to to my question. I mean, the reason I'm asking all uh, and I'm digging into this and I'm I'm not going to let you off the hook here is because I, I do know that uh, as immigrants, as as finding ourselves, and that's why I'm I started this podcast, and that's why it's called We the Aliens. Um, aliens as as somebody who is foreign. Alien as somebody who doesn't necessarily originally belong to this place. And this podcast is my um, way of exploring people's stories about how they found their way to belong here, and it usually is not an easy. Process, and I know that for me, it took a long time to f- find the ground, and and I'm still in that, in that. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm curious to know, like, what was your story there? Like, what were the hard things uh, for you in the in that process?
0: I mean, well, uh, I don't know. For I mean, like. How long back you want me to go? But um, but uh, but, what the, but what when I started, hard? when I started DJing, and you mentioned, you know, that music saved me, and I, I always, I didn't say it with those words. I say that, you know, the music is my therapy. Um, mm. in, in general, you know, of course, you know, yeah. playing for the church is something awesome because you are doing it for a cause when you believe that you're helping people, you know, yeah. get close and to the spiritual world and and stronger spiritually. And, and, and emotionally, but also what I do, I was talking to a friend. I was actually talking to one of my friends from the old days. He's a pastor in Texas, mm-hmm. in Dallas, Texas. And I was telling him, you know, I admire your job just the same way I did, you know, 20 years ago, but I also think that, but I also think that my job is very important because I serve my community. I serve my mm-hmm. community and I think that my job is important. People talk to me when, you know, when I started being a DJ, DJ was not cool. Being a DJ, you're a DJ. What kind of a job is that? Thank goodness, I when I started, I had a day job. You know, I didn't quit my day Uh job right away. You know, because I it was Mm -hmm. like a hobby. Mm -hmm. I didn't even want it to be a DJ, but that's a different story. So, um, but I started seeing how I was able, and I was very grateful that I was able to give back into the community that has given me so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I was able to, to give a little back to the community that has given me so much. And I don't get tired of saying it, you know. So so yeah. so that was so for me, that's still important because I know that we all, that's why when people is, come to my DJ booth and they have an attitude even to ask me for a song or or to tell me that they didn't like what I was playing, I try not to take it personal because everybody's fighting a battle and we don't see it. And we don't see it. I always try to be smiling and have the positive attitude with everybody, even people that I don't like. I mean, like there's a few people that I don't like, and those come sometimes five times a week to see me because they like my party. Some of the people <laughs> don't like me personally, mostly because they don't even know me, but they yeah. know what people say about me, you know, and they they don't like it just for whatever reason. And uh, and they come with an attitude because they have already a preconceived um idea of who I am and but I'm always nice to them I'm always like cordial and try to be warm and you know yeah. and I keep it going that way because I don't see him as just this person that is mad at me I see this person as somebody that it's troubled by something else and since I'm the yeah. first person in front of them they're going to let me know that they're mad at the world you know and then I, yeah. I try to give back positive energy into that problem instead of just reacting with the first thing of like Who's wrong with you? You know who I am. You're in my house. If you don't like it, you can leave. You know, I, sure. I, I, you know, unless there is yeah. a total jerk that is offending other people, you know, I don't use my power against people to to show my position. I use my power to try to be kind. I use, I use, I use my position in my clubs to be to spread love instead of, business, yeah. you know. So. 2005, when I start, when my beginnings of a DJ, it was it was a tough year. Right before salsa. I became a citizen, it was a tough year. I was married for seven years. That's another that's another previous life. I have many lives, darling. I'm like a I'm like a cat. I am the salsa cat. Yeah, exactly. So I uh, yeah. So in one of my lives, I, in one of my lives, I was married, and uh, I was married for seven years, and uh, and uh, but we split up. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was just like, uh, it was a peaceful split, you know, but still a split, and peaceful in the sense of we didn't fight, we didn't, you know, it was like, like oh, you're this, piece of garbage, it was yeah. just like we grew apart, and we became like roommates, you know, so, yep. but that's another I, that's another story, so, um, that happens. yeah, so, um, so she left, you know, she left, and mm-hmm. uh, with the With the promise that we were going to try to work it out, but she needed a break. She needed to be by herself to clear her mind. And I didn't believe in that. I always believed that you have to work it together. You know, I was young too. I was young too. And I've matured more since then. I wish I had the head I had back then, you know, the head that I have now, I had it back. But, but, you know, things things just happen, you know. So, anyway, the same year that she left, she left early in the year, you know, like beginning of the year. And then and then um and then a month later i got a call from one of my cousins back in guatemala that my had that my dad had a um a, a stroke mm. and then i left everything and i went to see him and uh, and and i tend to him for about three weeks and i left him from i when i when i arrived when i arrived in the, straight from the airport to the hospital he was in coma and when i and when i left the country he was um, he was standing he stood up with a cane hmm. to say goodbye to me i actually said goodbye to him on his bed but he lived in, an, in a hill so i had to drive all the way up and use a a, a turn you know like a roundabout you have to go uphill because it was very narrow and to use the roundabout yeah. to come back yeah. by the time i come back my dad was standing in his door waving at me hmm. and that is the last image i have of him alive because six months later he had another aneurysm but he died on his way to the hospital and uh, and i went back i went back to 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 um, bury him and you know do the whole nine yards and and that was the same year and that same year is when i that same year was when i um um because i i, I was traveling so much i lost a lot of work i lost my job and, uh, and, and also, um, because I was absent for so much, the church that I was helping on for three years, I was, I moved from the church of original church. I moved to an, mm-hmm. uh, this time I was working for a, uh, English speaking church and, mm-hmm. um, and I was, uh, helping there and, uh, because I was absent and I guess also there were rumors of my wife leaving me and, and I was traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. And instead of, um, well, I, 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 I don't want to talk about, bad about anybody but i i i I wish there was a different approach you know but the approach the approach that they took is like well you're not here and we're hearing things about you so we're gonna ask you to take a break
1: Hmm.
0: so so i lost i i lost i lost Lost a lot i I lost a lot in one year and that was tough and that and that's the, that's the same year that i started djing Hmm. and that same thing and that's when i went back to salsa because I didn't want it to be alone at home, you know, and, um, and I wasn't dancing. I already, now I know how to, I knew how to dance, you know, I taught my, my, my first wife, I, I taught her how to dance and we mm-hmm. dance just the two of us and go to festivals or once in a blue moon, go to the club and, and dance at mm-hmm. home all the time, you know, but, uh, nice. but yeah, but never, but, but, um, but anyway, but I, I was not going to the clubs like, you know, like. I am or like I was when I was single and then um, mm-hmm. but um, but when all this happened you know and I just I couldn't be at home you know thinking of my dad thinking of my family or thinking of you know my job thinking of the church thinking,
1: you know yeah
0: thinking of my wife you know uh, so I used to go to Steven's State House and mm-hmm. I was friends with DJ and we became closer but I didn't dance I used to sit you are you familiar with the setup of Steven's State House yeah okay when mm-hmm. you walk in to the re- to the door to the restaurant you you pass where they charge you at the door and the, and then yeah. you see all the tables and the way to the bathroom and then if you see to the right yeah. is the dj booth and this bar yeah. right they have this yeah. sitting area with a bar yeah uh, like a long table them. i used to sit on the first chair right in front of the dj and just listen to the music and i and i couldn't dance i couldn't have a conversation i was not looking to mingle with anybody i wasn't even drinking alcohol i was just sitting there and it was just like it was just going to dialysis, you know? It was just going for another shot to keep going.
1: Oh my God. It and
0: and but it worked because I lived there more relaxed and I love the music and, and, you know, I became closer with the DJ that was already my friend, but we became closer and he was like, man, I'm going to play this song for you and and I'm gonna listen to this and all oh, the band is going to come up and I'm going to ask them. So we probably can go sing. Like in very slow nights, we used to, the DJ and I we used to like jump in and sing with the band. It, we were, you know, but it took me a while to get up. I was on the floor. I was on the floor and, uh, And I remember when I started DJing, that was a big break for me because I was able to just to do the same I used to do in church, which is leave my problems down the stage and just go up and deliver something good for my family. Hmm. And I loved it. I loved it because I used to see it. And the more I give, the better I felt. I was giving my all. I, I, I wish there were videos so you could see the kind of party I, I was throwing. I mean, like. I don't
1: need the video. I know. No, the no, kind no. Of
0: you haven't seen anything. You haven't seen anything like those days. I mean, I didn't have a stage. I used to climb on top of a speaker to sing. <laughs> and the dancer used to climb on top of the other speaker to dance with me. It was just insane. I have people in my DJ booth dancing with their hands up. It was just crazy people was going nuts you know i couldn't even leave my dj booth you know the bartender used to bring the drinks to my booth because it was just it was it was it was insane it was, it was mondays you know so anyway it was tough it was it, it was there's been and that's just a little example you know there's been really tough times really tough times where when when i left the church that i worked for here and for 7 years when i had to leave that was harsh for me to decide i'm going to stop working here you know i'm going to stop collaborating I'm gonna you know that was hard yeah to,
1: I was I was gonna ask you like what led to to that decision uh, to... well
0: you know we had some differences with the pastor and okay. it was more um look um you don't work in church because you're perfect you work in mm-hmm. church because you want to because there is a lot of people that think that church is important, but nobody wants to donate their time, you know, to that. So you're there because you're available, because uh, you're willing. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the desire is more important than qualifications, you know. Mm-hmm. So, okay. but I was, and I I always, you know, in, in all the years that I served in church, I always, I, I always consider myself less than perfect, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not there because I was the more qualified guy for it. I mean like not not just skillfully as a musician or singer, but you know, I I it's not like my record was the cleanest, you know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm like this super good, you know, too goody goody to shoes guy kind of guy. No, it's just that I was willing to do the job, you know, and and mm-hmm. and and go through the, the whole experience. So but there was always people that were not all that happy with me and salsa dancing or me uh, and you know, or me and and uh Whatever, you know, so, um,
1: so you ended up having to make a choice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because the pastor started like signing, like, you know, I mean, there was a lot of things going on and, 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 and uh, there was a lot of envy. And unfortunately, you know, religious organizations are full of that. And people don't understand, people don't understand that church is not a museum for saints, like, a, you know, power and money. Yeah. No, no, you know, because, because that's the, in, 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 in Hispanic countries, we think, that's it, you know, because a, a Catholic church, it's 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 a museum for s- f- saints and you know like figures of yeah. saints, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not it. Um, uh, a church is a hospital. People sick come to it, and people looking for God. That you know, when you come to the hospital, it's because you're in bad shape. So that's what it is, you know. So there's a b- bunch of people that is mm-hmm. in need, and that's what that's what church is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, love
1: your metaphors, Charlie. Thank
0: you, darling. I have too many of them.
1: Um, we never hear them in the
0: in, well, in the salsa club. well I don't <laughs> to talk there but you know sometimes sometimes you do sometimes you do I I I, okay. I talk and when I yeah. talk is when people don't like me <laughs> so that's they say that's keep true. playing
1: keep playing that's true at the club nobody wants you to talk yeah. that's true yeah when <laughs> I
0: when I do the shows and okay. I took like a, a couple of minutes to explain something about music or dancing or everybody's like Charlie just be quiet and let's get on with the dancing
1: I'm so happy I get to talk to you here. Well, thank
0: you. Thank you, darling. I know we've been trying to do this for quite some time and I'm sorry, even though we're in quarantine, we're not, I'm not available, but you know, my, 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 my family here, my kids keep me very busy because I run a full time DJ Charlie daddy daycare here, you know? So (laughs) yeah. So basically, but yeah, you know, going back to the topic, you know, we, yeah, life goes in cycles and, and I've had some really dark ones and, uh, and some really really happy ones but i but i try to keep a positive attitude you know uh during your during your dark cycles, you keep thinking of good times and good memories and you keep going you know and hoping for the next wave and then when it comes you write it and you're happy and then and then when it's over you know and another cycle starts where you hustle until better yeah. times come you know yeah. um they- yeah 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 yeah
1: well, I do want to ask you about uh, about being an immigrant parent and about combining the two cultures to bring the kids up. So, do you put? How do you do that? Like, do you put any particular attention to that, or is it like an organic process?
0: Well, you know, being a parent for um, is just is. How many kids do you have? I have three kids, uh, three kids, and they are. I have the oldest one, Carlitos. You know, he is eleven, and then, and then Bella, and she is eight, and then Easy, Ezekiel, we call him Easy, and he is uh, two and a half, um, a little bit more than two and a half. So, excuse me, my kids keep me on my toes, and uh, and they keep me focused on the good stuff. You know, because to be a parent, you have to focus on the good stuff, and you know, being a good parent is an impossible job. It's it's an impossible. You can't you 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 can try to be good you can try to be the best parent you can but you fail many times and it's i believe that it's only by uh the mercy and providence of god that we ended up being an okay job and your kids come out the way they come because whatever we're lacking uh somehow they find it in different ways you know the 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 the, in my case i had a wonderful mother you know that it, it was helped by a wonderful grandparents but uh but but I have heard uh, the saying, "Oh, it takes a village," you know, to to raise a kid, and uh, and 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 yes, you know, um, uh, my 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 extended family play a big, big, big role. Um, you know, my aunties and 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 uncles were there all the time, you know, for me, and also the church, you know,
1: mm-hmm. the church
0: too, you know. Um, was just very important uh, for me. People from church, you know, big, big, good role models. Also in church, I found some of the worst examples of how a human can corrupt the good things. So I learned that too. But I, I was able. I have, I had good teachers, and I was always able to spot when something was rotten. In, 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 and think of it. Okay, well, this is what I am not supposed to do. You know, rather right. yeah. So. So when it, when it comes to the, the, your question about the kids, you know, I, uh, it's, being a parent is hard anywhere in the world, but here <laughs> in America, okay. it's, even, uh, it's even harder because, um, well, number one, they are bombarded by so many cultures, you know. Our culture is a mix and it keeps growing with more mixes, you know, and we don't have an orientation where to go. It's like everywhere. It's like we're, 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 and we keep accepting more and more stuff. And we, we call, and and we all, and we all call it, oh, no, that's okay. That's a new thing and it's good, you know, and it's just what it is, you know, Mm. and it's just what it is. But, um, but, uh, but, and and, and we're, and I don't want to talk. I don't want to say anything specific because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or make it think that, oh, I'm so stiff on my ways or because if I mention something, it is just an example. But in our society, sometimes we see our values twisted, and we just took it mm-hmm. at oh, that's the new thing, that's the new generation. No, the values should remain the same, but and 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 we just we're we're too soft when it comes to our values, and I think we shouldn't. And and as a society and as a culture, we accept mm-hmm. anything. We just oh no, that's you know, that's that's you know like I said you know I don't want to get too specific about it cuz I don't want to offend anybody yeah. but you know uh um but but I believe that uh, that um I believe that a very very strong key in what I teach my kids is respect just because and I tell my kids just because all oh, the kids don't think the way you are they're not wrong or oh, you're not mm-hmm. wrong and you're not right. they're not right you're wrong no they're different they think differently and you have to respect that but you have to also be strong in your values to let them know that they have to respect you, and the way you do mm-hmm. that is not imposing your opinion. It's just by acting. When you act in the same way that you preach, people will start respecting you, even if they don't believe the same way you do. Mm-hmm. But when you right. say one thing and do another one, is when you know, and there's there, there's a conf- conflict. You know, I mean, I guess all, we all do the same thing. You know, we tell our kids a bunch of rules that we don't even follow. But 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 so. And what I try to do with my kids is less rules and more following. Right. And that is, and I teach them respect strongly.
1: Um, the question I was kind of trying to get at is, well, they're growing up American in the, even though, you know, you're saying there's no American culture, yeah, yeah. there's that thing that we're living in. Yeah. Yeah. And is
0: it the, the American culture, you know? Yeah. It so. is.
1: It's <laughs> just the, that thing is the American, it, the American culture. So, and there is Guatemalan culture and you said hmm. that like very strongly. So how do you how do you teach them to combine those two things like do they do they feel guatemala well i don't know by the way i don't know is your is your wife uh, no, Guatemala? no 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 uh,
0: no my, my my wife you know marta is from uh, puebla mexico oh okay yeah. so because of the area we live here in ventura county you know they're more exposed to definitely way more exposed to um mexican culture also mm-hmm. marta's family Big, big, uh, a a good amount of Marta's family live around here, but my Mm -hmm. family is far away, you know? So they're not exposed to, but, but I talk to my kids a lot in Spanish and they, and when I do that, I I share the language because every culture has a a specific way to talk. So I teach him a little, I I try to teach him culture through language. Also, Mm -hmm. I teach him culture to, to, um, Uh, through food and why we Mm -hmm. cook certain way and why we eat certain way Um, through music. What is the most important, what is the most important Guatemalan dish dish for everybody to know? The most important Guatemalan dish is that there is a dish, you know, as long as we can have something (laughs) to eat, that's important because (laughs) not everybody, you know, I mean, we grew grew up with where things could be, you know, sometimes there was a lot and sometimes it was, uh, you know, hardly any. So, but yeah, yeah, um, depending on our country is very small, but it has very different ways to eat depending on the region because we go mm-hmm. remember that my little country goes from pacific to atlantic Yeah, and you can do that in like three i mean like four three three four hours you can cross from one ocean to the other you know and the only mm-hmm. reason why you have to do it, it could be it should be a couple of hours but the reason why it takes you so long is because you have to go around the mountains because in the mountains, center yeah. of my country there is some huge mountains where where the tops froze. I mean, like we have mm-hmm. big, 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 uh, you know, hilltops or mountain tops with ice. Not no no snow, but ice. And then mm-hmm. and then and then way in the north, uh, where you know next to Yucatan, uh, we have the the Mayan ruins where where it's a tropical jungle. So we have every weather, you know, and uh, and with the weather, the food changes, and the and, and the way they dress mm-hmm. change, and then the, you know the music change a little bit, and and the whole thing, you know, so so but they're 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 proud they know they know their roots and then you know sometimes you know the older ones say like oh i'm watermelon you know and i start laughing mm-hmm. and i said yes you are and uh you know and uh um uh, i i um but um you know mo- mostly um i always said because i know a lot of the uh different i travel a lot you know to to mm-hmm to Latin America and Mm -hmm. without putting anybody down because that's not what we're doing here on the contrary. You know, um, I experienced that one of the most polite approaches Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to, to other humans, Mm -hmm. (laughs) one of the most polite approaches is what we teach in my country. You know, we're, Mm. we're polite to the extreme, like, American people get specifically annoyed by Guatemalans that are learning Spanish because we transliterate everything. you know by the way, transliteration is a word Be- because mm-hmm. we translate everything literally. Yes. So we talk translating, right? So before mm-hmm. <clears throat> like let's say let's say right that there were friends. Not, not that I just met you, let's say they were friends, and I'm gonna ask mm-hmm. you for a favor. So first, I will apologize to you for taking your time of talking mm-hmm. about something I need, then I will apologize for asking you for the favor. And I'm not, ha- you don't even know what I want or what I need. Mm-hmm. And I already dump on you three apologies, you know. Well, mm-hmm. you know, something like, something like this. Hi, Sasha, well, you know, um, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then excuse me. And and, and I'm sorry <laughs> that I have to bring this up and, and 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 I hope you can forgive me and, and please accept my apologies. I, n- I need this little, tiny little favor from you. Do you think mm-hmm. you can lend me, you know, like a cup of, Sugar. And you're like, what? <laughs> All that you wanted was sugar. I thought you were going to, you know, I thought you were going to ask me for a thousand dollars or something, you know? But yeah, for you know, sure. <laughs> it's just a very silly example that I use and I use it often mm-hmm. just to say we are polite to the extreme. Hmm. We are very polite, you know, in our approach. Our approach is very subtle. I'm talking about no. how we address strangers. Of course, with my family, we're very, right. you know, we're very yeah. strong with the jokes and like uh, yeah. whatever. I'm not saying, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. everybody's in Guatemala. But it's good to know. Anybody in Guatemala is so well-mannered? Know. No. You know, it's just that, but our approach of, you know, people that try to raise good kids in Guatemala, is about manners and politeness is very strong. So that's the same thing I do with my kids. That's my that's my version of of culture. I come mm-hmm. from a polite culture and I love it. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've traveled to other countries and I'm not gonna say you know names so people don't get the wrong idea, you know. But the the, the in other countries just the, the approach is a little more strong. It's a little it's a little different, you know, a little more direct. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's the thing. In Russia, for example, something that is considered polite, and sometimes people hear me speaking in Russian and they're like, Why are you yelling at your friend? And I'm like, No, we're just talking. That's just how it sounds. Like we're totally it's a different cadence. Just it's how a different it sounds. Yeah. yeah.
0: What what you're from Moscow, right?
1: hmm
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also the accent, the Moscovian yeah. accent is strong. Because yes. I know I, I I I don't know I don't I don't I don't remember my Russian. I, I learned I, I learned quite a bit. <laughs> oh you did? In one of my lives before. <laughs> yeah. I, I had I Russian friends, you know, a lot of Russian friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um <laughs> but uh and yes, you know, I, I can so I can spot Russian, although I don't understand. I picked three words mm-hmm. here and there, but I used to, I, I had a lot of phrases in my vocabulary because I was fascinated by it, you know, and mm-hmm. what I liked the most was when they talked between like parents, son and mom, or, you know, or mm-hmm. daughter and, 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 and dad. And it's, mm-hmm. it's very, s- the, 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 the accent that I was exposed to, it was very soft. Mm. It was very soft. And then, but then I heard people from, you know, from moscow. from moscow and it was <laughs> yeah. very strong and i was like well yeah I, I hear it the same words you know mm-hmm. yeah the same mm-hmm. you know it's the same words but it's different i still can pick it up i can still say oh it's russian but i'm like yeah. why is it different and it's the same thing and it's the
1: cadence it's a, it's the music of the uh, intonation is different
0: it, exactly mm-hmm. so it, that happens you know you, you yeah you, you hear...
1: well you're a musical person You you can hear it and i had to work on it really hard when I got to California because California also has a very soft cadence to it and yeah. you wrap everything in 10 layers of yeah, bec- cotton candy. Yeah, because we're um, like
0: very relaxed we try. We, we think of ourselves yeah. as beach people, you know, beach culture Yeah, we're laid back. Yeah,
1: so when I came here with my Moscow directness, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was not received yeah, well with, with, your, with your
0: hammer <laughs> and the yeah, in the sickle, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "Oh, what happened here?" You know, yeah, I, I, I got it. You know, and in me, in me, I was too soft for them. I had the same on the mm. other end. You know, I was like too too much apologies, too much, and they were like, "Just say whatever you want." People was mad at me <laughs> because I had all this, I had all this, um, um, you know, um, I had all this uh, uh, background that I couldn't get rid of. Yeah. I had to be me, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, I um, so. I, I don't want to make my kids go through that trouble but I do want them to be polite I want them they they know they know how to say please and excuse me and they know they I, I make them excuse me apologize verbally and physically when they' get in trouble and when they do something wrong to another person you know it, it, they have to address it facing with their eyes with their whole body demeanor they have to address that it's very important you know uh, in a yeah. family, family has you know a lot of ingredients that that are needed but some of the pillars some of the pillars of a family are love yes acceptance and forgiveness you have to be able to forgive another human being because we all messed up every day all the time and so we have to first accept that we messed up all the time. So then we understand and we accept all the people is going to be like us. And then we just have to. You know, and then we yep. and then we just have to make a habit of go and say I'm sorry because we recognize that messed up all the time, you know. So that is the <laughs> that is the kind of culture yeah. that I pass on to my yeah. kids, you know. That is the I, kind of culture cool. they come from a cool country that I hope one day I can take them and they can see it, you know. And yeah. I will come from a very musical background and, and and they all know that. And my house is full of instruments everywhere and sometimes when they play yeah. and they just grab them, start playing, you know. I I, I own a, 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 a not a piano and an electric electronic you know keyboard piano mm-hmm. and I have my drums and you know my guitars and you know and some mm-hmm. bunch of stuff that I play you know
1: yeah so, that's so cool so. so what's the what's the biggest thing that that's the best thing about the United States for you like you're living here you're growing family here what's the what's the biggest value that you see here
0: what I appreciate in this country is. That, um, that it was based on principles that I share um, and freedom and in freedom of expressing who you mm-hmm. are and how you feel and the freedom of not expressing anything if you don't want to express anything. I think that's important too. I think silence is a big tool that we don't use hmm. very often. And... Um, as, as well as expressing yourself in any way you know i i i love that I, I i i believe that that's the only way to embrace differences and that's what i teach my kids you know to embrace differences they're, somebody that is not exactly like you doesn't have to be wrong mm-hmm. and even if in your list of values they're doing something that is very wrong for you you are not the one to judge why why they're doing it You don't you don't have to associate with them, but you don't have to hate them either. Right. You know, and um in my in my household, we don't use the word hate at all. And I only use it when I'm explaining something like right now, I'm talking to you. But we don't ever, ever, ever say, I hate this, I hate that, I hate that person, oh I hate that moment, oh, I hate that ride, I hate that. Mm. Oh, I hated my shoes, I hated this day we we don't use the word hate we don't we don't hate we don't hate
1: that's it for today it was a bit of an abrupt ending there what happened is the internet got cut off it actually happened a few times in the course of the conversation but hopefully we did a decent job gluing it all together and you didn't even notice Tune in on Thursday for part two of my conversation with Charlie. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. Please. Follow us on social media. And remember, we're here to stay. We'll find our way. My Thank you for country, listening. My country, all. my country, damn country. not thing.